welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Great to be here with you. It's going to be my privilege this morning to share the Word of God with you. And uh, I'm going to continue a series that we began two weeks ago. And it's a series called... I resolve. Everybody say, I resolve. Now, we've begun this series because now is the time when many people have made some New Year's resolutions. Isn't that right? Who here would be willing to admit that they've made some resolutions for the New Year? I know I have. Anyone? Come on, be honest. It's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Look, I think, well, I actually think they're quite good. I think they could be quite healthy. There's nothing wrong with evaluating our lives, seeing where we're at, and trying to find something better for ourselves with a new beginning and a new hope. I think that's good. I've made some resolutions. I'll even share a few with you this morning. How's that? I'll expose myself. I've resolved this year to be just a little bit less buff. What are you laughing at? It's working. It's working for you too, mate. I can see you made that resolution years ago. Come on. I love hecklers. Come on. Bring it on. I'll cheer you up. But sure, I've just resolved to be a little bit less buff. I mean, these guns are getting out of control, I reckon. It's putting a lot of you to shame. So I reckon far less gym for me this year. Anyway, I'm doing well so far too. Um, But no, look, I actually made some serious resolutions. And like many of you, I have already failed at some of them. Here's one real one, okay? Um, I'm not very good when it comes with names. I'm not very good at remembering people's names. If you tell me your name, I have to say it over and over again in my head to try to remember it. So I said, no, this is going to be a year where I resolve to get better with names. And so New Year's Day service came, and I thought, no, put this into practice I met somebody for the first time that morning after the service, which was great. She told me her name, and I'm going through I'm going to, I'm going to remember this. I, didn't, I had no idea what she was saying. I was just watching her mouth move and just nodding. Um, and uh, she was just telling me, and I was just, 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 just watching, and then she finished speaking, and I've just gone, great, excellent, great to meet you, Bev. And she just looked at me like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized, that's not your name, is it? Uh, I said to her, what I meant was, uh, and she helped me out, luckily, she was very graceful. She said, uh, Chris, and I said, yeah, Chris, sorry. Yeah, Chris, Beth, I don't know. I don't know, I'm terrible. So I've already failed with some of my New Year's resolutions. So look, I'm with you. I feel your pain. If you've made some, persevere. I'm, like I said, I'm for them. Go for it. I wish you all the best. May all your dreams come true. Uh, persevere in them. However, we thought as, a, as an eldership team that there are some resolutions that we believe could be quite helpful for you. So we're going to suggest some to you. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, Pete encouraged us all to be a people who live beyond ourselves. And that was a great message about being a people that don't just make it about us, but make it about others. And that was a great, encouraging message. He then shared about living healed, which was also a great message about not being a victim of our circumstance, but actually being a victor, no matter what's come our way. Now, if you've missed those messages, you can catch them on iTunes or our website, uh, listen to them and be blessed. Now, today is my privilege to continue the series, and I'm going to be asking all of us to resolve to think bigger. Think bigger. 
be bigger thinkers. I truly believe that we need to be a people who have the capacity to be big thinkers. Big thinkers in every situation. Big, big thinkers in our trials and our triumphs. Big thinkers in times of clarity and confusion. Big thinkers in our highs, in our lows, and everything in between. We need to be a people who think big because we have a big God. And He's worthy of big thoughts. The bigness of our thoughts, I believe, should reflect the bigness of our God. And that's one of the reasons why we should be big thinkers. Because, indeed, we have a big God. Now, I don't have this scripture on the screen, so just, just try and capture it in your hearts. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. This is how big our God is. Now, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine... According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. That's a big God. How big is your God? Is your God this big? Can your God do immeasurably more than what you ask for? Now, to me, that's a huge word. He can do immeasurably more. That means he can't be measured. We cannot measure how much God can do. Now, that's a big God. There are no scales. There, are, there is no tape measurement. There is nothing. We cannot measure the bigness of our God. Is your God that big? It also goes on to say that he can do more than we can ask, dream, or imagine. Now, I've got a pretty good imagination. I can imagine all sorts of really cool things, some pretty amazing things. But this God, the God of the Bible, can do far more than I can even imagine. Imagine. Imagine that. Imagine a God that can do more than you imagine. That's what the word goes on, on to say as well, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived what God's got prepared for those who love him. That is a big God. And that's why we need to be big thinkers. Mother Teresa, a lot of you know who she is, once wanted to build an orphanage, but she only had three shillings. And someone jeeringly said to her, what can you do to build an orphanage with only three shillings? Teresa, with three shillings, she replied, can do nothing. But with three shillings and with God to help me, there is nothing that Teresa cannot do. And that's probably why she went on to do so much for God, because she was a person who understood the bigness of her God. Not the bigness of her capacity, of her ability, of what she has, but the bigness of her God. And with that God on her side and that God on your side, I tell you, there is nothing that we cannot do. He is an immeasurably big God, which is why she was able to do so many big things. And that's something else that we need to keep in mind as well as to why we need to be big thinkers. Because the way that we think, the bigness of our thoughts will often determine how we live our lives. Do you know that? There was an English author and commentator who once said this, all that a man achieves and all that he fails to achieve is a direct result of his own thoughts. The Bible puts it like this in Proverbs 23, 7, that for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts are vitally important. What we say is vitally important. We all know that Bill Gates became one of the richest men on earth. Microsoft, Microsoft Corp made him its founder. However, that company was started by three geeks in a garage 
that had a certain rule. Their rule was this. Nobody in that garage could say the words, no, you can't, and it won't work. No, you can't, and it won't work. Those words would not be able to be uttered in that garage. That, that's big thinking. That's a big thinking person. I love people like that. I hate it when people say, oh, I don't know about that. That might not work. This, that, the time and this. Come on. We have a big God. It doesn't matter what we have. What matters is what He has and what He has for us and what He is able to do through us. That's what matters. That's why we need to be big thinking people. That's why we need to go into this year as big thinkers. Amen. There's a, another wonderful verse that I want to read to you this morning in Ephesians. And we're just going to glean through what I believe we can gather from it in terms of being big thinkers. There's just a few things in there that I believe are going to help us to become the bigger thinkers that we need to become in order that God may achieve all that he wants to achieve through us. Now, it's in Ephesians uh, 1, let me get it right, uh, 1.18. So if you don't have your Bibles, this will be up on the screen. And I'll just ask you to follow it with me. It simply says this. This is Paul speaking. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And that's what I'm praying for all of us this morning. My words won't be good enough. My thoughts won't be clever enough. The only thing that's going to matter this morning is the Spirit of God comes with power this morning and that He enlightens our hearts, that He opens our hearts to these incredible eternal truths. Paul goes on to say this, that your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and the incomparably great power for us who believe. Hope, inheritance, and an incomparably great power. We need to allow those things to filter into our lives so much that they cause us to become the big thinking people that God wants us to be. If we look at his hope, look at the eternal hope that we have in him, that verse that says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That's how he starts, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now, hope simply means the expectation of the fulfillment of a desire. The expectation of a fulfillment of a desire. We have many hopes in him. We have the hope of glory, the hope of eternal life, the hope of being with him forever, the hope of enjoying his presence and the presence of others. But we also have his incredible hope right here, right now on planet earth. We can live with his hope. And if we allow his hope to filter us, if we allow his hope to enter us, I tell you, we will be the big thinking people that he needs us to be. We can have hope for our past, hope for our present and hope for our future because his hope is eternal. It started from the beginning and it will go on forever. There's a wonderful verse in Romans 8.28, another one of my favorite verses. I'm just going to give you my favorite verses this morning because I think that they're awesome and I hope you do as well. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If that doesn't give you hope, I don't know what will. That we have a God that will turn every situation for the good of those who love him. Your situation right now, whatever that may be, God has the power to turn it for your good. That verse doesn't even say his own good. doesn't even say the good of others. It just says your good. 
Every failure that you've ever had, every trial that you're having right now, if you submit it before the living God, this promise is telling you that He can turn it around. Turn it around. And not just turn it around, but turn it around for your good, for your benefit, for your edification, for your maturity, for your purposeness, for everything that God wants to pour out in you. God can turn it around for your good. And it's a promise. He says, I will. He doesn't say, I'll think about it. He doesn't say, I'll wait until you're good enough. He doesn't say, I'm going to consult the angels in heaven, have a big meeting, we'll get back to you. He says, I will. I will turn everything, all things for the good of those who love him. So if you love him, if you love him, try to latch onto this hope, onto this incredible promise. By, By loving him, he simply means turning to him, repenting of whatever you're doing now, and just submit it to him. Because he is a God that can turn everything for the good of those who love him and are called according to his promise. Now that's got to make us big thinkers. That's got to give us big thoughts in God. I tell you, in our trials, we've got to remember this, that God is able to turn for our good. Amen? Yes? Come on, wake up. Yes, amen. In our triumphs, I tell you, God can also take our good and our triumphs for his good and for our good as well. Because we serve a God that can take our things from glory to glory. How good is that? So even if we're in a good place, we should be filled with this hope, because that's the kind of God that we serve. If we're filled with hopes, with dreams, and with desires, then we should be also be filled with his hope, because we serve a God that the Bible tells us, put those, those desires in our hearts in the first place. And so we have a God that whatever desires you have right now, he put them in there, so he probably wants them to come to pass even more than you do. So those things that you're dreaming about, that you're hoping for, that you're believing for, God probably put them in there. So be filled with that hope that God wants them to come to pass as well. In every situation, in every moment, be filled with his hope. And if we project that hope into that situation, I tell you, that's going to enlarge our thinking. We will no longer be focused in the things that we shouldn't be focusing on, but we're going to be focusing on the living God. We're going to be like the psalmist, uh, when, um, when he said, I forgot the scripture now, he says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. For those of you who are taking notes, that's Psalm 121. For I lift up my eyes. Isn't that fantastic? We're to be a people who are able to step back from our situation and just see the whole picture and be able to bring God and his hope into our life, into our circumstance. I love that. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. I lift up my eyes. Here's my problem. Here's my situation. Here's my issue. Here in the front row. No. Here's my problem. Here's that person. Here's that conflict. Here's that situation right here in front of me. But I lift up my eyes. I lift up my eyes to the Lord to where my help, to where my hope comes from. If we focus on this, that's what we're going to become. If we focus on that, that's what we're going to become. We're going to become of people that are godly, of people that are filled with his hope because we become what we focus on. So in your situation right now, whatever that may be, however hard it may be, however difficult, lift up your eyes. Lift up your, your eyes to the hills, to the mountains. Lift up your eyes to your God. Because that's where your help and that's where your hope will come from. And that's what's going to enlarge your thinking. Don't be diminished by that situation, but be enlarged by lifting your eyes and seeing your God.
and seeing him up there just willing, willing to pour out all that he needs, all that you need for your situation. Amen? So be filled, be filled with his hope. As that verse tells us, know his hope. Something else that this verse continues to tell us is about the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Inheritance means to receive a right or a title. As his children, we've received many rights, many titles. Like I said, we've received eternal life, sanctification, redemption, and all those big things. But you know something else that we've received as our right? Something that he's given us freely? And I think this is incredible. He's given us giftings. He's given us talents. He's given us abilities. Now we need to rejoice in that. In uh, Ephesians 6, 11, the Bible tells us this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that's the church, may be built up. What a privilege that we've been gifted by God, gifted to, 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 to be used by him, gifted to co-labor with him. We've been gifted by him from the beginning of time to be used by him. This is part of our inheritance. This is part of what we've received from him. Let's not just rejoice in the blessings and all the fun things and all the good things, but let's rejoice in everything. And let's be bigger thinkers when it comes to our gifts and our abilities because those gifts and abilities are part of your inheritance. You have inherited your giftings. That which you can do, that is an inheritance from the God from your God. So view those things differently. They're not there because you're good enough. They're not there because you've worked at them. They're not there because you've mastered them. They're there because they were given by you from the beginning of time by the living God. He placed them in you. He didn't just create you because he thought you'd be cute to have and to hold and to cuddle, although there's a part of that, but he also designed you for a purpose with a plan and a destiny. And he attached giftings. He attached talents. He attached things that you could do that only you could do. And that is part of your inheritance in him. And as part of his inheritance in you, you need to be faithful with that and say, God, thank you. I rejoice in this. So enlarge, enlarge your think when it comes to the things that you can do and enlarge why they're there. I believe that they are fully there for your blessing. I believe that they're fully there for the fulfillment of that promise of eternal life, of, of abundant life that God has in us. But as that scripture tells us, they're there for the edification and the building of his body. His body being his church. His church being you. The giftings of others have been put there from the beginning of time by God that you may be blessed. That you may be blessed by what the worship team can do. That you may be blessed by those who serve you can do. But you may be blessed that those who can speak can do. But you may be blessed by every gifting available in this room right now. So if you have giftings, and I know that all of you do, because the Bible tells me, don't bury them. Don't bury those talents. The Bible warns us about burying talents. Don't bury those gifts. Don't keep them for yourself. I believe that there's different ways of burying talents and burying gifts. And it's not just by digging a hole and putting them in there. I believe that's one way, but we can also bury our talents through neglect, through selfishness, and through small-mindedness. For those of us who've received this incredible inheritance, and we've gone, thank you, Jesus, and I'm just going to use it to build my little kingdom, and to build my own blessing, and to build what's for me. 
and for, and, for my, and, for, and for me and for my. I believe that that's one way that we can also bury the talents that God has given us. If you want to live a balanced life, a bigger thinking life, then just get bigger about the way that you think in terms of your giftings and your abilities. Because like I said, they are your inheritance. They are something God has put in you as an inheritance, as a right, as a right for you and as a right for others. So I would encourage you, if, if you want to know whether you're thinking big about your, your giftings right now, then I'll ask you a question. In light of this verse, in light of what the Word of God teaches, are both you and the body of Christ currently being blessed by your gifting? If they are, God bless you. If they are, I think you're on the right track. If they are, I think that you're being obedient to the word of God. But if you have those gifts and those abilities and those talents and only one of those areas is being blessed by them, only you and yours, or maybe you're neglecting your, you and yours and that you're just throwing yourself into the church, it's both and. It's both and. It is an inheritance. It is a right. And I want to lovingly remind you this morning that they're there they're there for you, but I want you to think bigger about them. They're there because they're your inheritance, but they're there also that others, the person next to you, the person behind you, the person in front of you, the person talking to you right now may be blessed by them. As this verse says, that the body of Christ may be built up. Let's enlarge that thinking, enlarge our thinking, and let's bless each other with all that we've received from God. Amen? Fantastic. Something else that we see in that verse is that we've received his power. His power. Verse 19 goes on to say that we have received incomparably great power. Incomparably great power. Again, we need to allow that power to so fill us and to so fill to our lives that our thinking gets enlarged because we know that whatever we do, wherever we go, we have this power. And it's not just a power. It says an incomparably great power. My uh, two-year-old is a, is a budding artist. She loves drawing. Uh, she draws all sorts of things. I've got no idea what they are. I have to check with mum and make sure I get it right because if I say nice horse and it's a flower, then it's the end of the world. She throws a tantrum. I'm a bad dad and uh, she's just going my room. So anyway, so she's, got, she's, she's got this beautiful, beautiful, she's got, she loves drawing and she loves drawing those horses and those, animals, those giraffes and she's good, but she's not as good as when I grab her hand. And I guide her hand and I help her to actually create a real giraffe and a real horse. One that actually looks like a giraffe. One that actually looks like a horse. They turn out better. That's what your heavenly father wants to do with you as well. He wants to come alongside of you. He wants to come with you. He wants to hold your hand and he wants to guide you into the gifts, into the talents, into the plans, into the purposes that God has for you. He wants to grab you by the hand and impart on you that incomparably great power, that you might take that power into your families, that you might take that power into your workplaces, into your relationships, into your friendships, that you may walk with that power and it's as easy as that, that you have a heavenly father who loves you so much that wants to accompany you in all that he does. That is an incomparably great power, that we have the living God walking alongside with us, wanting to make all things, 
all things are bound for his glory and for our blessing. Paul gives us an incredible Paul is someone who wrote uh, a large proportion of the New Testament. He gives us an incredible example in Colossians 1.29 about this kind of power, the type of power that we receive from God. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not like we get a magic wand and it's not like we get the Midas touch and everything that we touch turns to gold. It's not that. It's that we receive his presence and we receive his grace. This verse tells us this. To this end I labor, struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. I struggle with his energy, not mine, not my strength, not my wisdom, not my spirit, but his. I labor and struggle with his energy. That's the incomparably great power that is available to us. Not that we have to be left on our own to do things, that we may walk with him and receive his power. If you want to ask yourselves, whether you're, you've, you're walking in that power, it's as simple as that. Just look. Are you doing things in your own strength? Or are you doing it in God's strength? Is it coming alongside of you? It's for a reason that God said, my light, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. It's because if you're carrying burdens right now that you shouldn't be carrying, that are weighing you down right now, it's because probably you're trying to do them in your own strength. Now, it's not the removal of problems and situations and trials. I truly believe that this incomparably great power is God coming alongside of us and just helping us and lifting us up and helping us carry those burdens. He'll either carry us through or he'll take us out. But either way, his incomparably great power is available to all of us who believe. Who wants to walk with that power into this year? Who wants to take that power and allow that power to enlarge their thinking? I tell you, it's going to be a blessing in our lives. And as I said, it's going to be a blessing in other people's lives. It's an incomparably great power. And that's, it's, it's, all, it's known as the grace of God. It's, he gives us grace in every situation. I love his grace. I love his, but there's two areas to his, to his grace. There's his saving grace, which I love, which has saved me and has assured my eternal salvation. But there's also another side to his grace, and that's his enabling grace, his empowering grace. And that's the grace that Paul is talking about here, that he will give you the grace that you need in your situation. He may not take you out of it, but he will give you the grace that you need if you put your faith in him, if you don't let your heart be troubled and trust in him. If you get before him, and develop that level of intimacy that you need with him. Allow him to filter his incredible power through you. It's an amazing, amazing promise that we have with our God. It's part of his equipping. And it's also one of the reasons why New Year's Eve resolutions do fail. Like I said, I failed mine on the first day, probably in the first few hours. But it's one of the reasons, here's, here's, the, here's, the, clue, here's the thing. I'll tell you the one reason why New Year's Eve resolutions fail, okay? They fail because we rely on our willpower to overcome. We rely on ourselves. We rely on our strategies. We rely on our plans, on our, on our five-step plans. Now, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but willpower is weak. Our willpower is weak. However, if we come before God and receive His enabling grace, if we receive His enabling power, if we struggle and labor in His strength, then all things will be different and all things will change. Because our hearts, our hearts is what deceive us. Our hearts rule us. 
We, we, we can't say we've got strong willpower. I'm sorry. You may, but I can't. I know what, I know what my willpower is like. I know how much I need God, which is why, why I'm standing here telling you that. Because I know how wickedly deceptive our heart is. And our heart really rules and reigns in so many um, situations in our lives. Somebody once said that what the heart loves, the will justifies. Sorry, I'll start again. What the heart loves, the will chooses and the mind justifies. And that's why we're weak. And that's why we need his power. And that's why resolutions don't work. And that's why we need his grace. Because only his grace can change our heart. And it is when we change our hearts that we then have the power that we need to live the lives that we should live. So I encourage you this, this year, as you walk into this year, to resolve, to resolve to inherit that incredible power that he has available for us. So I just have a few questions for you this morning. How big are your thoughts? How big are you really thinking right now? How big are you thinking in that trial in that sufferance, I tell you right now, there's only a few people that know, but I'm, my family and I are going through a huge trial right now, a huge trial, and I need all of God's power, all of God's grace to get me through, and I know that it will. And when the time is right, I'll share some of these things. But I tell you, I know that my God is bigger than those situations. My situation is right there, but I tell you, the Spirit of God is going to be with me and He's going to encourage me to lift my eyes, lift my eyes to where my help comes from over those mountains, because that's where it is. So when you walk into this, into this year, how big are your thoughts? How big are you thinking? Do your thoughts reflect an almighty, all-powerful, everlasting, all-knowing, loving, precious God who is in control of every situation? Or have your thoughts become just as mundane, just as defeated, just as negative as those who don't know God. How big are your thoughts this morning? What are you believing for? And how are you believing for those things? So I encourage you to allow the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe to cause you to become the big thinkers that our God is so worthy of. Amen. Can I have the musicians come up, please? <clears throat> Thank God God was a big thinker. Thank God Jesus was a big thinker. Another wonderful verse that I love which is related to our salvation is this, that when God came and when he came to take our sins away and when the time came for him to give up his life on a cross for you and for me, he saw the pain, he saw the hurt, he saw the sufferings, he saw the torture, he saw all the things that he would suffer and endure for us. He saw the separation that he would have with his father for the first time in eternity. He saw it all. He saw the pain. He saw the trial. 
He saw the sufferings that he was going to endure for us. But then he lifted up his eyes to his father, to where his help came from. And then he was filled with joy. The Bible tells us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured all that he saw. He knew what he was going to go through. But for the joy set before him, he endured it. Thank God he was a big thinker. Thank God he saw us 2,000 years later. Where his joy? Where the joy that he saw? And every other man, woman, and child who have given their lives over to him. We are the joy. And it was for that joy that he endured the punishment and the banishment that the cross was in his life. Thank God he was a big thinker. Thank God that he didn't just just look at his trial, look at his pain and stop there and gave up and gave in. But thank God he looked into the future and he saw us sitting here right now being blessed by his word, being blessed by his presence, being blessed by each other. Thank God. Thank God for that. I encourage all of us to follow in his footsteps, to see the end result. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.